Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. What's up, Actions Detrimental listeners? Jared Allen, Purple Vest 560 here. Year one of the podcast is in the books. Denny Hamlin, driver of the Joe Gibbs Racing number 11 and co-owner of 2311, isn't here today, but we wanted to give you a best of podcast. We had a lot happen this past season. Denny fined by NASCAR, NASCAR acknowledging Denny as one of the 75 greatest drivers, Chase Elliott wrecking DH, Noah Gragson getting punched, Coach Gibbs crashed the pod to have Denny sign his contract extension and share a funny story about jet skis from back in the day. Michael McDowell stopped by after proving Denny wrong. William Byron stopped by after winning the Actions Detrimental Bracket Challenge. And even Denny's mom paid a visit to the podcast. Plus plenty of Ross Chastain talk and a whole lot more. Enjoy. This is the, the kickoff for Fox. I saw a lot I, of, yeah, a lot of I people. I think were we dri- made change on this podcast. We did. I, Come on, someone at Fox, you got to admit it. They got rid of my goatee. They did. <laughs> they did. They went back to the less pronounced. They did. And I, and softer I need, look. I need to see. Did they adjust everyone's? Did they tone everyone's face down slightly? I think I, last year, I think the sketches were a little less pronounced. You didn't have a goatee. The skin tones were a little softer. And I think that's what they went back to. I could be wrong, but I, I think they changed it for everybody, not just you. So, elephant in the room, I guess. What, pe- what people want to know. Yeah, we, I guess you guys have hung on long enough. So, at the end of the race, uh, me and Ross got into it. Um, basically, here's, here's the thing, right? Is that I, I got to the end of the race. I saw he was on the outside of me. Uh, I went into turn one with with the mindset that I'm going to try to get the best finish that I can get. I'm on two tires and I go into turn one. And while I even went shallow on speed, my car plowed. I mean, what what it means is I turned the wheel and the front tires just were going straight. And they were calling the one car on the outside. So at that point, I knew that I was screwed. I was about to go backwards. I had all the four tire cars on my ass. They were going to pass me or more than likely in the next corner if they didn't. I mean, I know I had two fresh tire cars underneath of me anyway. I was four wide. And I'm like, I'm I'm going straight to the back. Because like, he's around you, he's going to get a better run. You're in the middle. And, and so at that point, I know that I'm going to fit. You know, my crew chief told me there was 18 cars on the lead lap. And at that point, I said, uh, 
All right. Well, I'm probably live looking at a picture. I'm probably running sixth or seventh. I'm about to get passed by everybody behind me who's on fresh tires. I'm going, I'm about to finish in the mid teens. And I said, you're coming with me, buddy. Really? I did. That, wow. That's not what I thought. I, I wasn't a mistake. No, it wasn't a mistake. Okay. I, I, I unleashed, I let the wheel go and I, I said, he's coming with me. And so, um, you know, it, it's been interesting because I hear people say, well, you know, this for last year, this for this, for that. It's not, you know, I got wrecked at the clash. Um, I don't know that Ross sees it that way. I think he's still curious about what I thought about the clash. I don't know why he would wonder why I, what I thought about the clash, but you know, I've said for a while, well, you got to do something to get these guys' attention, whatever, and I've said it, and, and I think that <clears throat> Ross doesn't like it when I speak his name on, in the media and, and when I had this microphone, but I told him, well, I have a microphone, and I, I'm going to call it like I see it, um, and until you get a microphone, you can then say whatever you want about me, but the fact is, is while I'm sitting here talking, I'm going to call things the way I see it, and sometimes I'm going to have to call myself out, which I'm the dumbass who lost just as many spots as he did. But at the time, I said, well, I'm going to finish anyway, and I'm just going to make sure that he finishes right here with me. Um, so it's difficult because, you know, at times, you know, people want me to react right away, but I don't want to involve anyone, any other cars. I, I told you guys, you know, privately, my friends, like it's difficult to be in a position where you can get back at a person and not, involve an innocent bystander that is it's really hard to do because then you've got other people pissed at you because you're you're doing something that affected their race when they had nothing to do with it and i never wanted to do that at the time i'm like you know i'm gonna finish in the mid-teens anyway because i'm my car's just plowing here i'm i'm about to get ate up by all these new tires I just was like, you know, if I'm going to, you know, give this guy a hard time, this is going to be then. And then, so he bounced off the wall. So my, my ideal situation was I was going to kind of just knock him in the fence a little bit and I was going to keep going. So you were going to finish 14th, 15th. Yeah, probably, probably yeah. somewhere in there. I mean, it's hard to assume anything, but, but I thought so. Um, but you know, he, he actually got the jumpy downshifted quicker and, and then, you know, he brake checked me a few times. You saw that from the inboard uh, down the back stretch. He hit the brakes a couple times, and I wasn't letting off at all. I, it, you know, it didn't matter to me. So I just, you know, I wanted to, to, to get back to racing, honestly, with him. And I think that uh, that's a lot of the conversation that we had after. I was going to say, what was the conversation after race? Because it was well, the conversation it was, a, it was a long conversation. He, he came up to me, and he says, I, I guess I deserved it. And I, he says, and I said, yeah. I think so. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and ever lie to you guys and say, well, this is an accident when it's not. It wasn't an accident. I meant to put him in the fence, but I didn't mean to screw my team in the process, which maybe I should get the DBC. What an idiot for cost of my own team, you know, 10 spots more than likely. We talked and and I think that we, we are in a better place. Um, where I think we're willing to put the past behind us. And I think that we're going to judge each other from this point forward. And I think that's the, the fairest way to do it. Um, 
you know, as far as this season is concerned, you know, he got me and, uh, you know, while it didn't cost him, it, it did cost me at the clash. It, it cost both of us here, but that's, that's my execution, right? So that's not his fault. So, uh, I just think that, you know, we need to just race each other with better respect from this point forward. And that's what I hope to, to get out of this. And he asked for a truce. I asked for a truce and let's just, let's just see how it goes from here. Like I'm, there's no promises, but also if you can, you know, I, I just said, you know, I, Chastain, I really need to get some respect. Clearly you, you don't respect me for whatever reason. Right. And, and people have a right to not respect me. Maybe I've done them wrong in the past in something I'm not aware of, but tell me, like, tell me what it is and maybe I can give you an explanation or I can say, you know what, that's my fault and, and I need to do better. Um, I was in the conversation be practically begging him to just take accountability for the past. I, I, I had to kind of push him into taking that accountability, but I think that I heard what I wanted to hear and now I'm ready to move on and hopefully he's ready to move on and, and we're going to race each other hard but clean in the future. And now we're gonna move on from this. Are you ready for this? Because this, let, let's just say, if NASCAR could do this, we don't need credit, but just hear me out. I have a fix. Are you about to, you got out a pen and it looks like you're about to draw, draw a diagram. I don't know why, I don't know why. Like <laughs> yeah. people can watch what I'm writing here. I, I do, I have a fix. And this is something I've been thinking about for years, and I actually brought it up to NASCAR uh, probably a year and a half ago. Oh, really? But I do. I think during the summer months, we should be kicking ass in the ratings. We should be, there's, we're just competing against uh, baseball for the most part, maybe some big PGA events um, when they come up. I got a fix. Five week, five week fix where we are going to have more storylines than ever. The drivers are going to get amped up. This is it. This is going to be a game changer. And, and the investment NASCAR has to, will ha need to put in this to make it happen, they will get a tenfold return on that investment. You ready? Okay. Yep. Go for it. We're going to have a bracket challenge. We're going to wait till 10 weeks into the year. So let's just say right now, this is week 10, Talladega. You have 10 weeks to get yourself in the top 32 in points. Okay, so leading into that, you could have the storyline of, let's say, just a few weeks before this, start week eight, week seven. Now TV's talking about who's going to get in the top 32 to get in this bracket challenge, right? So then that's a storyline. Then for the next five weeks, and maybe you do it every other week, but I think you need to do it every week. Five weeks in a row where you have a head-to-head -head competition and you're seated based off of where you are in points at week 10. So the number one seed is whoever's first in points. They will be going up against the 32nd place guy in points this week. So on, so forth. Second will play. 31. Will go against 31. Third will go against 30. And so you have these 16 matchups for this week coming up at Dover. Um, and certainly what that also does is creates now you have some betting lines. You'll probably have Vegas make odds on who the tournament winner will be. They'll probably have odds on the matchups this week. So there'll be 16 key matchups that, that uh, will go on this week in Dover. 
Whoever wins between the two moves on to the next week. I can tell you, as the drivers are concerned, we would be wildly competitive for this. The reason is, is there's a big there's a big prize at the end. But not only that, but our egos. You want like this is a in season. I really think that we could this would create so many storylines and you would have no idea how much the the teams would change their strategies in the middle of the race to beat whoever they're up against that given week to move on to the next round. How much the I mean content that would be created on two drivers head to head this week. Who's going to win? Right. Just whoever finishes like, better. Even even Fox or NBC could have a ticker on the right side. Just put it on the far right or something of okay, the five cars going against the seven car this week. Here's where, you know, the five and the seven. Here's where they're running right underneath. So you always can see where these head-to-head mashups are during the race. And you can see, oh, oh we got a head-to-head mashup and they're running seventh and eighth. I guarantee you those drivers are going to move each other out of the way to to move on to the next round because they they know they're racing against one car that week. You actually uh, didn't make it to the track till Sunday this week. I went to a uh, wedding on Saturday. <laughs> I love putting you on the spot. Uh, yeah, so so you went to a wedding. Were you in the wedding? No, no. Were you I just was. attending? I was. You keep digging. Oh, you you want me to keep I, going? You're the host. You can ask whatever questions you want. Oh wow! Okay, this is great. So who'd you go with? Uh, yeah, a, a friend invited me awesome. to, to this wedding. Uh, you were kind enough to oblige. It was the first mm. uh, practice I'd really first any track activity I missed in five years. I know, a long time. Did you have to ask Larson for permission too? No, no, just Denny because he's my uh, to and from from these races. Oh, I got you. I'm just yeah. I, you just yeah. use he's me my for transportation. That. So I got to decide oh. to make sure that I could get a ride back if I didn't get a ride out there. Mm. Okay. Well, that's good. I hope you had fun. Uh, we missed your photos of me on your iPhone 10. Um, I ordered, those I those ordered, you don't know, Jared's, you know, he, he does a 12. lot of his work on this, on his camera phone. And, you know, I just got the upgrade and, and for myself, I went from an, an 11 to a 15 plus. So big, big shift there. Uh, what, what's yours? It's a 12. 12, okay. But it'll soon be that 15 Pro Max. Yeah. Well, we missed you this weekend. It was hot as f*** we, out there. You're acting like I wasn't there. I showed up on Sunday I know, ready to go. But, I mean, I know. When you just show up for race day, it's like you're not really there. Plus, I missed your every... You know, Jared, Jared can't, can't... So those of you who don't know, Jared camps out at my bus. So every five minutes is... <laughs> door open. <laughs> door closed i mean i'm trying to like either sleep or concentrate on something here he comes in here he goes out okay you have two choices would you rather me do that or just and then you never hear it again because the door just stays open the rest of the day what do you have to go in and out for get things i don't know computer things that's all no that's not true because that's in the the little banquet area i mean you got your spread out from one end of the bus to the other so i mean it's all right there just just be thankful when i did get there on sunday i had a 640 flight we landed at like eight o'clock central time 
track's not open till 11. I did not enter the bus until you came out at 11.30 to go to your first appearance. Did you tell Brad to lock the porta potty next time? <laughs> yeah, what, that was just a bad move on his part. Um, I'm not going to talk about what I saw, <laughs> uh, but it was very interesting to see him uh, with his helmet on uh, in fire suit. Yeah, it was, he was in a rush. I, listen, I, I felt the same thing he did, by the way. I, listen, I, I, I had to use the bathroom really, really bad. I had to pee, like, extremely bad. And so, like, for the first time, I really don't use the bathroom that much before the, like, I, I know that I need to pee before the race because I know as much fluids as I'm going to take in throughout the race, like, it start it, it gives me a stomach ache at the end because I'm like holding it in. And I tried to let it go at, at Atlanta. Now, I've never peed or done anything in my suit in my 18-year career. Never. Hand to God on that. Never done it. But I was so uncomfortable at the end of Atlanta that I, I wanted to let it go. And I'm, I tried to relax. I'm like, just let it go. And I couldn't do it. The stage fright or whatever it was, just not wanting to make a mess in my suit and then in my seat. I'm just like, I can't do it. There's only one more caution, hopefully, and we're going to get this thing over. So I jumped out of the car, and Brad must have hauled ass to the car because he, he beat me to the john. And listen, it's not my job to knock on the door. Like, it's up to him. He has Of a to, green handle. You see a green handle, you pull it. Yep. Do you knock on? Have you nope. ever knocked on? Never. No. That's what the the green red's for. That's right. So, definitely a rookie move by Brad. Shout out to the uh, cameraman for capturing that content for. Shout me out. Is it kind of weird room. though? Why do you follow I think, him? Well, I guess he probably could have thought that maybe he was going to approach another driver or something. Yeah, but I mean, keeping the camera on him for the entire time he was in the. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Do you want to get to this now? Get to what? Why you're holding your chin up? Because <laughs> my neck muscles aren't strong enough to do it? Uh, sure. Let's go ahead. This is what everyone's tuning in for. So, yeah. I don't know. You can, you can set the scene. I feel like you were, you were in the car. I was. I mean, we were... Um, myself, Chase, and the 17 were on fresh tires. Um, we were coming to the end of the stage. Uh, there was about 15 laps left in the stage, and I felt pretty good about uh, making some ground. The nine car was struggling. He didn't have a very good car all day. Uh, obviously, I had time to kind of watch, <laughs> go back and watch some of the race 
uh, while I was sitting in the bus um, while the race was still going on. And yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, I was in a position where I was trying to make a move on them. It's, it's the same mistake that we see week in, week out on these mile and a half where, I mean, again, what I love about this is that it's the same people that are like, Chastain said he left them just one lane. Well, I mean, there was a gap between me and the nine. I didn't hit the nine. He hit the wall. Uh, I squeezed him up there. No question about it. You could see fire coming out of my car. Uh, you could see telemetry. I'm slamming on the brakes to try to stop and get off of him to make not make contact. Um, but ultimately, he made contact with the wall because I forced him up there and then threw a hissy fit. And, you know, he, he was having a day anyway, in his opinion. And he threw a little temper tantrum and decided to hook a left on us down the straightaway. And not only straightaway, but the dog leg. Like I hit head on, not sideways. Like the the worst part of the racetrack that I could possibly hit. So um, I don't know. We've seen this. I've seen this with him in the past. You know, when he got pissed off, when Larson kind of drove him up in the fence at California, Larson's leading the race at the end. He intentionally caused a caution there trying to screw Larson over his teammate and then when Harvick and him got into it he came in where's Harvick I'm gonna help my teammate out blocked Harvick so Kyle Larson could win like this is just this, this is bullshit and so even when he got the Dawsonville pool room saying oh boy we need a substitute driver next week you probably know you f***ed up you know like I, you, there's no explanation that he could possibly give which he didn't of reason for hanging a left you know he obviously didn't want to admit it he did the oh i can't hear you sorry and then uh sorry i can't hear what you're saying but yeah my car just couldn't drive it Bullshit. the wheels were dead straight even after we crashed and like destroyed our he goes down the back straightaway and you look at both tires front tires are pointed the correct direction uh and i pointed out in the data that i tweeted that once he got into the wall there was nothing wrong with his car he he's turned the wheel back straight like he was going down the straightaway and and you can tell by data whether you've got toe link damage or not so you can tell that basically if your line is skewed uh one direction or another where you have to turn it left or turn it right whether you've been a toe link or done significant damage for god's sakes tyler reddick pounded the wall twice as hard as he did and didn't hurt his car everyone hits the wall but he threw a hissy fit and he just hung a left on us in the most dangerous part of the part of the racetrack that you possibly could. And it ended my day in his. And in my opinion, he shouldn't be racing next weekend because NASCAR set a precedent last year on this. Uh, if you want to quote Steve O'Donnell, he says, uh, when they asked, why did they suspend Bubba Wallace? He says, our actions are were really specific to what took place on the racetrack. And we look at it on how that incident occurred. In our minds, that was a dangerous act. We thought that it was an intentional and it put other competitors at risk. Jared, make a counter argument. No, I, I agree. I think both incidents, Bubba uh, hooking Larson in the wall at Vegas and, and this one today are almost And, and by the way, as the car owner of Bubba Wallace, that was bull too. I agreed with it. I That's why I, I look at all the comments. I, I said it was bull Like that is just so immature to right rear hook someone it's just childish and i it just pisses me off because 
you know, you got to be better than that. I don't have any major plans yet. I'm looking forward to uh, Boone in North North Carolina, the mountains, creating some fake snow so I can go snowboard at least once a week. Oh, are you going to relocate up there or are you just going to travel back and forth? (laughs) Just probably travel back and forth. You haven't found a van down by the river yet? I have not found a a van yet. I'm waiting for you to get done with your Sequoia out here Mm. Um, so I can just take that and rip all the seats out and remodel it. So those who don't know, Jared is, um, he's, he's really taken this granola thing quite far. Um, you're, you're wanting, For what to, it's worth, you're I, wanting to live out of your vehicle, no, I, right? I said, I would like to have a vehicle where it's possible to live out of. Wow. And, and, and then I be- just want to, at some point in the next however many years, <laughs> I just want to like drive around the West, the desert for like three to four weeks but you want to stay in the desert like yeah like go from like i don't know down in arizona up to that's cool i you're a a traveler yeah i just want to do that and live out of my vehicle first of all you save so much money on hotel costs and 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 you don't even need to buy soap right (laughs) you just buy one (laughs) i'm just saying either shampoo or body wash either will get it done for you in this situation all right so would you rather we had this debate you said that you don't need I just body said, wash as long as you have shampoo. I, I just said I think the whole shampoo body wash debate is a little for the marketing. Like, you don't need both. Sure, you know, both is good, but you can get away with one or the other. All right, so would you rather have shampoo on your body or body wash on your hair? Shampoo on my body, 100%. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It, <laughs> Jerry, do you still have like the three in one? No, like I'm just saying that if you, in a situation where you're you're you know you're living out of a car and you need to consolidate space, a bottle of shampoo will do it for you for two weeks. It'll be all right. <laughs> we talked about this last week. You said I think we should have my mom on. I think you're watching a lot of episodes with Dale and and his <laughs> wife, right? And that's how, I think that's how that came to be. I'm no, I, I got some advice on it uh, for sure. But I'll say that uh, yeah. You really missed out. Uh, the really the content that was worth having was in the first fifteen minutes of our car ride to Darlington today, on Mother's Day. We carpooled all of us together, me, Mom, Jared, um, and the whole crew. So that was fun. It took a while for you to get the GoPro uh, going, but by the time you did it, everything kind of died. Well, down. yeah. So I had I didn't necessarily think that we would all be carpooling together. So I wasn't prepared for that. And I get in the car and like you said, you start talking and it's just a great conversation about things that she doesn't. Well, we didn't get out of the driveway until I dropped a few F-bombs. Yeah. Right. And that's when mom here guys, do you hear mom get up close to the microphone? And so people can hear you sighing every time I, I drop (laughs) an F-bomb. I do. I do. She hates it. I hate it. But there's no reason for it. Well, I listen, I believe it's a way to express how very passionate I am about a particular thing that we're talking about. Or, I mean, and it's also the only word that you can make a complete sentence out of by just saying that word. Yeah. We won't say it, of course. Good. But since it's Mother's yeah, so since it's Mother's Day, my my pact is for this show, 
I'm going to drop no F-bombs for the show. Just Thank in the, you. Just in this Thank segment you. while she's sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, yeah. So she, she appreciates that. We had Oops. other players. Yeah, my mom has a really loud <laughs> ringer. Uh, and I tell her all the time, Mom, the ringer, the ringer. Mom. I mean, it, it, she's got her flashlight <laughs> blinking every time a text comes. It's That's just, what happens when you turn old. <laughs> <laughs> mom thinks she's older than she really is. It's a, I have people no, in my I basketball league that are older than you, mom. Huh? Think about that. I have people older than you in my basketball league. Not much older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that part's <laughs> probably true. Uh, but no, it's you know, racing is what we did for forever. I think her really her passion for racing came when she got to get in a go kart herself in the Powder Puff race oh. uh, <laughs> with a bunch of moms at a million motor raceway. Uh, and she was excited when she got out of the car, but she's my biggest fan for sure. Runs my fan club that's been going for decades now, and uh, she's always the one. Whenever you send fail, fan mail, please don't send fan mail. But she she gets it, and then she sets it all out for me to sign and stuff here in the basement. So she's really in touch with my fans, uh, you know for sure. There's a lot of you know fans that have been fans of mine for such a long part of my career that she's got to know them personally ever I mean, since the beginning i mean for god that yep. stakes there's only a handful year. of them at this point so um you know you you know but you know all my fans true by first name fans i agree i mean they stick with I you agree. through thick and thin for sure through all those booze oh speaking yeah. of it how do you how do you how that do you was awful booze? today so you don't like the booze i i i don't i mean i know I know why they're there. Why why are they there? <laughs> because he's so outspoken. Agree. Agree. Yes. yes. I don't think it's what I do on the racetrack. But track, I don't sure. think today was appropriate because they were showing um what's the word I'm looking for? Displeasure. Acknowledging the top 75 NASCAR yeah. drivers. Yeah, I mean it was interesting. You would think for sure the fans would just acknowledge, all, you know, it doesn't matter whether you liked or disliked those drivers back when they right. were around. And, and like, you know, I'm standing front and behind all the legends like Jeff Gordon, Bill Elliott, you know, Jeff Bodine, all these guys. And, you know, everyone, I mean, it was an enormous <laughs> boo. Yeah. Uh, and I was I just like, whoa, what'd I do? Like, I think <laughs> I saw a picture of it. Um, where they all were turning, looking at they, you. They were, and they were like, <laughs> the picture was on my computer. Yeah. But, but you know what they all said, though? They said, that's a good thing. Yeah. Jeff Bodine, he's like, hey, that's a, that's a good thing. Bill Elliott, you know, same thing. So it was like. And it's not like it's, some of them haven't gone through. Yeah, that. for sure. I, I get it. I see your point, though. I, you know, probably a little disrespectful in that setting for sure. If it's driver intros, I think it's whatever, right? Free yeah. game if you don't, you know. Right. But I mean, for so long, Kyle Busch got tons and tons of booze, and all of a sudden, he switched it's over switched to RC to you. over. Yeah, no, yeah. it switched to me. I mean, Joe Logano's been the most for a while too. Him and Kyle were back and forth, but I've clearly taken the Kyle's crown spot at GGR. Yeah, I, you know, listen, I think there's a certain amount of fans anyway that don't, you know, Tony Stewart, there's a lot of fans that did not like when we switched manufacturers back in 2008, and then he switched back, and then bam, they, they love him again. So that plays a factor. 
you know, getting into it with a few Hendrick guys, that'll that'll certainly knock you down the the, the favoritism list for sure. Uh, but yeah, I I always said, you know, that like the last thing you want is claps. Like claps just means Woohoo. All right. All right. Next next, guy. next guy. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, when you're booing or you're cheering, you have some sort of feeling about that person one way or another. So I, I do think that a lot of it certainly comes from comments, outspokenness. Yep. I think that no one uh, likes an opinionated person, but um, And there have been many a time when I have called you up and said, Did you really say this? <laughs> she does. She says it all the time. But as soon as I hear your part of it mm -hmm. as to, w instead of just the snippet of it that somebody on the radio might mention, um, they don't get the whole scope yeah. of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, you read headlines. I mean, it's why we started this podcast, really, right? Is that Dale Jr. thought the same thing. He says, well, I, I think you're misunderstood, and if you you just get the whole word out there, then I think that people will understand you better. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm not here to try to be the most popular driver or, or anything like that. I'm not trying to win any fans over the you like me or you don't. But I, I certainly, um, you know, my poor mom, guys, think about that when you boo me. It's my mom <laughs> is sitting back there, just hands and head, just <laughs> shaking her head. And, and, you know, me and mom had a good heart-to-heart -heart, uh, a few months ago about – you know, my outspokenness. And I was just like, mom, this is who I am. Like, I, I hate I mean, to, he got it from, who did he get it from? His dad, not from me <laughs> because I'm the type of person that, um, I want to keep everything calm. So I'd yes. rather just, <laughs> just go along with mom the is not the confrontational not type. anything. Yes. Yeah. Right. If the, the steak is not cooked properly at the restaurant, you're just going to eat it exactly. anyway, right? Exactly. Well, I can tell you, I finally found a way to deal with him when he was my neighbor. I put Pat, my wife, on him. And believe me, she was after him all the time. Yeah. Music's too loud. Quit parking the cars in my yeah. driveway. I think it took her about 18 months to run Denny out of the neighborhood. He was gone. We had <laughs> weekly parties at, at the house. You know, Listen, I bought the house because Joe was still at washington he was still coaching and i'm like well he won't be back anytime soon and i'll be out of here by the time he get, comes back to the racing team oh no well he came back one year later and next thing you know we're we're truly neighbors so you know when i have people over you know they happen to fill up the street and they block his entrance to his house and you know i get you know i get his wife pat writing notes on these windshields saying don't park here don't park there turn the music down you know, we would have late night basketball games with a few of the Charlotte Bobcat players. Raymond Felton came and a bunch of different guys. They'd come over and play every now and then. And uh, I mean, but we would play late into the night. So, uh, but yeah, we, it was a interesting dynamic we had as neighbors, but I sure am glad I moved off that street. Okay. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite story on that. I got one more story. So they had a big party. I knew it was. <laughs> Saturday night stuff's going all night long and everything Saturday night yeah and so I come out the next morning and my jet ski was messed up so I'm out there with the jet ski and it's messed up and so there all of a sudden I hear a bunch of them around the pool okay so I'm focused on the jet ski and all of a sudden I heard this splashing of people coming towards me 
And I turned around like this, and there were two girls, I swear to you, that were half-dressed, okay? And here they come towards me, and I'm kind of going, I'm looking, what, what is this? And so they come over, and they go, uh, hey, hey, coach. I, w I went, yeah. They said, hey, I left my purse on the other side of the lake. <laughs> Can you take me over bar. Can you take me over there on the jet ski? <laughs> okay, now Pat is on the back porch. I'm looking up at Pat on the back porch. I got this girl is asking me, and I turned around. And I said, "Not on your life." I said, and then I looked, and they're all standing back at the pool and everything. I said, "There's your group. Go get those guys that take yeah. you across." Could the you lake. imagine seeing Joe <laughs> with these two chicks on the? <laughs> On the back of his jet ski, taking him because I lived. We lived right across from the sandbar where everybody would kind of boat together, and so yeah, they asked Joe. I mean, why they didn't ask me, I'm not sure, but they just they saw someone tinkering with a jet ski out my neighbor, and they're just like, "Hey, come give us a ride." They didn't know he was my boss or anything like that, so very awkward morning. That, yeah, it that was. Day. It was. <laughs> Sorry anyway, about, we got him out of the neighborhood. That was it. That I like the good. context clues in this though. You said Saturday night. Jet ski, so it must be fairly warm. Which is, so it's not November through January. No, it's an off weekend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to argue here on Actions Detrimental that it was because of the bracket. The bracket is really what fueled these guys' fire, and, and that's what caused this incident. Noah wanted to be the first 32 seed to upset a one. First in the history In the history. Of the Denny Hamlin bracket. That's right. Yep. He had an opportunity to make history, yep. and, and Ross didn't cut him uh, any slack. So... I, uh, that's the story and narrative we're going to go with here on this show. Anyway, it fueled Noah somehow, some way to go and approach him, which I respect, like get mad props to Noah to like, Hey, I'm going to be a man and at least go confront him because others, myself included, haven't confronted Chastain when they felt wrong by him. Right. We just get off in the media and spout off about him and, and say how big of a d he is. And like, you know, but Noah's like, well, no, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to do what these other drivers have not. Well, I think Chastain was willing to talk and Chastain's been very level-headed in these conversations. Again, I've had multiple with him after the race, but he's been very level-headed. Uh, he'll talk to you and, and talk it through. Now, maybe Noah didn't get the response that he was looking for in that moment, so Noah grabbed him with his yep. left hand. And at that time, Chastain made a just a total pro move and grabbed. So he has both of his hands free. He then grabs Noah's right wrist with his left hand. Wrist control. Wrist control is such a, oh my gosh, such an important part of a fight. He then, so he crosses. He's got, he's backing up. He grabs chest. He grabs Noah's right wrist. So immediately he knows that Noah's probably stronger. He's gonna lead with that, lead with the right. So I'm gonna know when he starts to bow up with the right because I've got control of his wrist and I'm holding it down. So he knows that Noah really can't force a punch on him unless he's gonna go jab. So he's got control of his wrist and all of a sudden Chastain backs up as as far as he's willing to. And he's telling Noah, stop. And he told him <laughs> twice, stop, stop. And he didn't stop. And then so Chastain then, while holding the right wrist, 
comes with the right hand with a solid, I mean, you could hear it right to the jaw, right? Connects. Noah was about to come with a counter. Gold shirt comes in there, breaks it up. So it's like, oh, man, we just was about to see a, a counter, and it got broken up. So it sucks that that happened. I wish it just kind of would have. Let it go hockey style. Let it go, right? You let them go until it gets to the floor, and then you, then you, then you come up. But Noah got his counter intercepted by security. So Chastain, once again, gets a huge W. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with well, with you know, got him on the track, got him off the track, and nothing happened. But my favorite part is when security comes in and pulls in and is breaking it up. Chastain is like, uh, is both <laughs> hands are, hands I don't up. want no trouble. I don't want no trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, I'll say this about Noah: the guy can take a fucking punch, though. I appreciate I, the guy's jaw. You want to just get right to it? Yeah, Mister. Let's let's dive right Alan? into what the people want to hear. Okay, perfect. Well, um, as we talked about uh, the first restart there, I was on the inside. I really didn't love that position. Um, you know, I thought that maybe double stack on the outside was probably the best idea, but it's so hard. You can't give up the front row, which we didn't. Nobody, it, it's been a while since someone's given up the front row to, you know, because you just never know which push could could be the one that gets you by. And so, um I didn't really have a good restart there, and I got passed um, by a couple cars. And, well, yeah, I got passed by a couple cars, and then I'm restarting third, I believe, because I got back around the 48. Yeah, I got back around the 48, so I was third, so I was the third guy to choose. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely choosing the outside here. This is where I was going to start when I was second. And so <clears throat> I got a really, really good push from the four. And it looked like the inside line did not get going because the 47 was way off of the 5 on the restart. Um, I thought they would actually, yeah, the 47 was off the 5 who, you know, if you don't, it, it takes people three or four cars in line to really get the, a line going down the front straightaway. So I went into turn one and I, I the key moment for me was getting clear of the 19 uh, right before we get into turn one. So I, I shot low. And next thing you know, I, I go in there, and I, I feel like I go in there pretty deep, and the five sails off in there, and he just goes straight. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, in that moment, I'm like, oh, I got a shot. And I think I'm going to clear him at that point. So it's it's really, really tough because in the this happens in a matter of a half a second or one second, right? It's super quick. So I see him going up the racetrack and lose all of his momentum. I just gas it. And I and I just am like, I'm going to clear him right here. We're, we're not going to run side by side. At that moment, he says, he's still there. He's still there, still there. And again, this is so bang, bang. It's really, really quick happening. I see where I'm at on the racetrack. I'm in the middle and I'm like, eh, well, I'm actually towards the straddling the low line and the middle line. So I gas up and I get to the middle lane as quick as I possibly can, thinking I'm going to clear him. And once I realize I'm not going to clear him, I'm like, ah, so I start lifting. And when that happens, I'm coming up. He's, he's holding his line and I still contest. We did not touch. I know it looks like it, but there's not a ding on the car, not a scratch on the car, nowhere on the right side. So 
from where I was sitting on the left, I mean, I could not, if it was contact, I certainly didn't feel it. It was so small um, that I certainly didn't feel it in the car. Uh, I saw the flaps go up, uh, which happens whenever you get some low pressure, I guess it's high pressure underneath the hood, uh, which happens when you do get close to each other. Uh, but so I throttle up there, but I, I got to make sure that i still leave the guy, uh, some room to race. Um, he definitely had room up on the high side, but when we get that close to each other, it causes both cars to go extremely tight, which is why we're both lifting, uh, which why we both lost momentum. Uh, but it just caused his car to go way tight when we got right next to each other. I was tight. He was tight. Uh, we were both lifting and there, you know, he got into the outside wall. Um, you know, we still came off the corner side by side. And then, you know, the race was really kind of decided um, at that point by what happened behind us because there was the 19 and the four both were coming with a huge run. And I immediately go down to the bottom of the racetrack all the way to where I didn't want to go down where the cars, there's like a jump down where the drains are. So I kind of used that as my white line where I knew no one was going to go further left than that. And so it kind of left the four and the uh, the nineteen no no choice really but to follow me down there because Larson kind of had the high line covered at the moment. So you know we we still came off side by side, which shouldn't be lost in all this. Uh, but but yeah, it was the the push down the back straightaway uh, that I got that that cleared me ultimately. Um, but yeah, I listen. I didn't. I. I wouldn't, let me think how to word this. I didn't love it because it's Kyle Larson. He's, he's a good friend of mine, but also like I, w- I wouldn't change anything. I, I, I really wouldn't because I, I think about the opportunity for me to get 50, 600 for Toyota, uh, break the record at the track. There's just a lot of factors that goes into it. And you guys mentioned you and Travis that like a few weeks ago, you're like, that I, few, what'd I last say? Last week. <laughs> it was last week? Yeah, last Monday. What'd last I say, Monday. Travis? You were just it talking about how you really wanted 50 and you're like, maybe I just have to start driving more aggressive. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to drive aggressive. Fuck and then me. you ended it with just ask Kyle Larson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, you did. Wow. Irony. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I, I try, it's very, very hard guys when it's one second, you have one second, half a second to one second to like make decisions on what you're going to do. But ultimately I wanted to be aggressive. And so the aggressive part was I'm throttling up right here and I'm going to clear myself right away. When he didn't get as bad of a, when he didn't bobble as much as I thought, because listen, I can't see him out on the right side. When he, shoots up in the middle of the racetrack for whatever reason, either drove in too deep or didn't get his right side tires clean. I'm thinking, well, he is going to be really slow here and I'm going to clear him. I got to get to the top. I don't want to get freight train. And, and this is the race for the win. When again, when the spotter says you're not clear, not clear, he's out there. You know, it's my job at that point to leave him a racing lane, which I thought I did. We have William Byron here because he is our winner of our bracket challenge. 
and thank you, William. Yeah. I, I told you it was very important for me for you to win this because yeah. you helped me win my <laughs> golf guys pool. Um, I, good. I, I, I backdoor covered these guys. I was in middle of the pack the whole time. And then I was the only one that had you winning the whole thing. So, cool. um, and anyone who would listen, you know, early on, I I've been very high on you all year talking about the, you know, he's yeah. in my final four, uh, I just think this is going to be a breakout year for William. So cool to have you on. And uh, yeah, just talking about kind of the, the race this weekend. And yeah. um, so what did with, with the bracket challenge? Um, obviously, you know, you, you leaned into it a, a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, you, you you started your own thing at the in the uh, Coke series, right? Yeah. Uh, with Logitech. Yeah. With the uh, iRacing series. Yeah. So we we're doing a, a bracket there as well. So, I mean, it'd be cool. Those guys are competitive and um, it'll be nice to see those little battles. But yeah, it was, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought I listened to you guys, you know, um, not every show, but, but some, and um, I, I saw the bracket come out and I was like, man, this is the way we're running. I think this is a great opportunity to, yeah. to make some moves. So it was cool. Like not every matchup I looked at, but um, certainly the Reddick won at, at Darlington. He lined up in front of me on the, <laughs> on the second to last restart. Oh really? Yeah. And he went in that big wreck and like literally just like, like he got hooked. Right. Oh, and I was like, Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> so you knew that you were up against Reddick. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, that one I did because I thought that one was tough. I mean, he's good at Darlington, and uh, I thought we'd be running right around each other. So, um, so yeah, it was it was cool. I uh, I, I got wiped. I got cleaned out uh, in the the Bowman Berry team, as we as we call <laughs> oh, yeah. it, the Bowman Berry team. <laughs> yeah, dynamic they, duo. Which, yeah. which William beat. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they beat me. Right yeah. at, at the Coke 600 yeah. when uh, I finished it last, but uh, yeah, it was just um, you know this this weekend was was cool at uh, Nashville. Obviously, always a good vibe there. You had a sellout crowd again. Uh, that well, wait, hold up before we oh, wait. before we move on from the bracket. Um, I was just curious of like as a whole, if since you won this, right? What would if the prize was three million dollars? If yeah. NASCAR is eventually to take this over. Um, like, what were you I thinking do? about? Yeah, when you when you won, like, were you thinking about that? Like, man, this would have been a big payday if this was. Raised. Yeah, it would have been really cool if there's some money on the, on the line. But I think, um, yeah, one year too soon, maybe. But I, I feel like it, it's a really good idea because I I think there's there is that kind of summer lull with NASCAR that you know people either tune in or they're on the you know on the lake or doing whatever. So I I feel like it's nice to have those battles. I know my high school buddies like they loved watching it. They're they were tuned in so. Um, they're, they're somewhat betters themselves. So they like to look at those matchups and kind of figure out which tracks better for each guy. Yeah. So you had people texting you about the bracket, like, Hey, I yeah. need you to, yeah. <laughs> a couple guys for sure. And I, my crew chief at the end, he was like, all right, let's, let's make sure we <laughs> lock this thing up here. <laughs> well, I mean, and I mean, you, you kind of took what, what should have been, I mean, not should have been, you know, Brad in the final at, at yeah. uh, Sonoma, next thing you know, you guys are qualifying 24th and 26th or something like that. It was just like, that's rough. what <laughs> What are they doing back there? So, And at the end of the race, we talked about it, that they were two spots. 14th and 16th. I, I, yeah. I was like, I can't give up a spot. I was in the infield care center, by the way, getting my vitals checked, and, <laughs> and I'm watching the monitor, and I'm looking to see what's the state. Right, well, where's my cars, first of all? Yeah. Okay. I see Tyler Reddick going the wrong way on the racetrack, so I know he's not going to win. Yeah. And then uh, I, I check out the William Byron and uh, Brad Kozlowski battle. I'm like, oh, they're only within a second of each other. Yeah. I'm like, 
<laughs> Brad's trying to chase him down so hard. I know it. Uh, but yeah, uh, appreciate you guys agreeing to come on. It started yeah. by, uh, by the way, Dale Jr. owes you some sun drop. Uh, apparently. Oh yeah, that's so, right. That's so right. we're going to have to make sure he pays it, up on that. It was funny because Brad tweeted, Brad started this, he right? Started he, he said, I'll come on if I win. Yep. And then you were like, well, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, I was in the sim and I'm reading that as I'm between runs and I'm like, okay, I, I, this, I, this is a deal. So yeah, it was good. This is the, uh. The part of the uh, a new segment called "Not Too Late to Say I'm Sorry," sponsored by no one. Uh, so uh, let's yeah. hash let's hash it out hash from it out. Texas 2022 uh, playoff race. Basically, I did to you what I did to Chase. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know whether I should be thanking you that you didn't <laughs> just <laughs> destroy me down the straightaway. Well, I ran you down the racetrack. I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these these race cars, we were talking about how you can manipulate the person beside you, and mm. um, I, I, you're good at that. <laughs> I, I essentially put William to a decision uh, off the corner because I wanted to get, I was trying to get up, and I knew the closer I got to his left side of his car, it was going to make him tighter. Mm. Um, I didn't anticipate at the time my car taking off with his, and so usually when you do that. Th their car gets tight and then you can just kind of pull back down. Well, yeah. I went up there tight with him and, and caused him to door the fence. And, uh, I didn't tear up your car by the yeah. way. I didn't tear up chases either, but, but it, I got him into the wall and Willie B the introverted child, uh, <laughs> from his younger days turned into, uh, Hulk and says, I'm going to get this guy and, uh, spins you me out on a caution. He, well, he's bad. I, I don't think I've ever seen you yeah. retaliate. I, I was, um, you know, I, I told you on the phone, I was, um, yeah, I think when I, when I got to you under caution, I definitely meant to send a message. <laughs> yeah. But when you went spinning through the infield, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> Did you think that NASCAR was going to penalize you in the um, moment? You know what? I thought, I thought so, yeah. Um, and then I thought, I thought maybe they didn't see it or maybe, it just was an awkward circumstance yeah. where I hit him because I did hit you off center a little bit and I mean, it hit you hard, but yeah. you know, I, but I, um, yeah, I was, I think, you know, a little bit more red mist than, than <laughs> I probably anticipated. And, um, yeah, like I said, after and said to you, I, I meant to, you know, deliver a message, but I did when you went spinning, I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> yeah. that's not good. I mean, that I took I, away his chance to win and you I lined on, up, I was you, on you fire. Probably don't remember you lined up behind me the next restart. I was like, I we were did? like twentieth, we because we both pitted. Oh well, yeah. yeah, we both pitted and and they're like, yeah, Levin's you know chose behind you. I'm like, okay, all right, <laughs> let's see how this goes. We're either gonna, we're yeah. gonna wreck big or no, I, I wasn't gonna do that for sure. Especially you know playoff race. I I, under, I understood that. Yeah, but I remember early in your career, uh, who was it that was trying to get you to wreck somebody? I, Chad. Well, Chad, right? He was like, if you don't do something. Yeah. I ran Kyle Titan one in, in turn. Was this one, at Watkins at Watkins Glen? Glen? Yeah, he was faster, but it was like lap two or three, um, and I just kind of pinched, you know, through the middle of the corner. Um, so he'd have to kind of pinch his, you know, and he just, I guess he hit me in the door and spun, and uh, he got back to me and sent me through the grass through the uh, through uh, the bus stop, and you know, Chad's like, if you don't do something, I'm. You know, we're gonna have an issue after the race. So And then uh, you destroyed the front of your car. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I was an idiot. So <laughs> he was uh yeah, it wasn't his fault. It was just my fault for being being an idiot. But uh 
man. Live and learn. Live and learn, Live right? And learn. But yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, uh, I I appreciate you you coming on because this is a uh, it's been enlightening for sure. And um, Jared, do you have any others you want to? Well, following up on that, do you have any tips for Daniel on how to win an appeal for race manipulation? Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Jared, (laughs) off the top rope. (laughs) There is a cherry on top to all this. Obviously, great race. Uh, Good for you in that you won. We had the fight on on pit road. But Chastain throws his right hook, knocks no in the face, and then five minutes later comes to victory lane to congratulate you. You know, hats (laughs) off to him. I. He, he's finding a warm place in my heart, Chastain is. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. So I just uh, feel like, yeah, I mean, since Phoenix, which, you know, which is what's supposed to happen is, is you get into it, you talk it out, um, you're very rational, which we were. We said, listen, we're going to judge each other from this point forward. And there were specific moments in that race where Chastain – either could have continued to run side by side with me or let me go. And he let me go multiple times. And I, I told him when he came up, so, you know, t- to let people know what he said, he just said to me, he was like, awesome drive, man. I never thought you were going to get back to him. Congrats. Uh, I said to him, Hey, I, I recognize what you, what you did early in the race. You'll get that back. Yep. And so um, that's, that's the kind of the respect that you want to have between drivers is that you know i wanted him to know that hey i recognized you cut me a couple breaks this race so it's i want you to know it is in my my piggy bank that you know when the roles are reversed and you're faster i probably need to let him go a couple times as well so um that's how i think it's supposed to be done and you know thank you for for him for coming up he was uh that was mainly of him yeah sure. I, I think we've re- uh, reached a point in this relationship where he could come on here and now laugh about all the bullshit <laughs> that you guys Hey, you never know. I mean, as you know, Ross is not shy about it doesn't matter what happened last week. He's 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 willing to uh be the bulldog the next week as well. So, uh yeah, it, it's starting to warm up to him for sure. Yeah, his tweet was good too. Oh, I love it. it. I told you on the plane I saw his tweet. It was just like he said uneventful day in Kansas. Uh looking forward to next week and I'm just like he's trolling us, right? (laughs) You know, he's definitely trolling us. So, uh, that was awesome by either him. It was probably a social team for sure. He gained a lot of fans yesterday. Yeah. And then obviously I got the call on uh, Thursday from Jim France. And I told some of the media members, uh, this past weekend, I was like, I remember heading, um, I forget where I was going, but I, I was in my car, got a, you know, notified Jim France is calling. I'm like, here we go again. What are they? What are they mad about now? Like you know, <laughs> something I said or whatever. And uh, it was just a huge honor to to get that call uh, to be part of the NASCAR seventy five. And and of course, you know, the, I got asked, "What well, did you ever think about whether you'd be on it or not?" And of course, right? Every driver. There's not a driver in the field that's not like, "Hmm, I wonder if my credentials are good enough to to get in there." But and I, and I knew mine was, but still until you get the call, like that's when it makes it real. So I was super honored to, to get that call and, um, very appreciative, you know, and, and he said, you know, this is, this came from media members, your peers, things like that, who all vote on this. So, uh, it's a big honor. And and again, it's from my standpoint, 
there's only one next big one next, right? And that's the Hall of Fame. So this is the closest thing you can get to that before you get to the Hall of Fame. So I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's cool that, I, you know, my mom said to me, she says, you know, would you have ever imagined, you know, when you were racing at Southside or Langley that, you know, your life would have taken a turn like this, right? We were on the cusp of not racing anymore. We were to our final race and you got a lucky break and, and got seen at the right time. And your career just took off down this path that, you know, look at where you're at now compared to where you uh, started. And I just, uh, I, I think my lucky stars every day that I'm able to compete uh, but then to have the accomplishments in NASCAR that I've had, it's just uh, uh, definitely humbling for sure. Isn't that also something that I know you've talked about where it's like when you retire, you want other drivers you race against to think, man, I'd race against that guy every week. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I think that, you know, NASCAR always kind of gets the drivers together and ask, you know, who's the best at this or who's the best at that? Who? You know who's and they don't list it by winners, right? They just know who is my toughest competition, and it could be past drivers, current drivers, whatever. And you just want to be in the forefront of their mind of like someone that they have to beat. And and I always said this. I said this 15 years ago. If I was just the guy who was at Southside Speedway and and I went out on the racetrack to run practice laps, if my competition grabbed their stopwatch to Hey, what's he running? Mm-hmm. Like that's that was enough for me. I was fine being a Friday night superstar at my local short track, being the guy that people think, "Oh man, he's going to be tough to beat tonight." You know, to to get my competition's attention that, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to win, they're going to have to come through me. I thought we were all in agreement that this is great. The the regular season finale finishing in Daytona was one of the best things NASCAR has done. Yeah, I mean it just gave everyone right 25 races to point your way in and if you just ain't going to get their own points you got that one race exactly. at, at the end everyone has a chance try yes right and then you got the bubble people like holy shit, i hope someone new doesn't win and now <laughs> i don't know i just can't make sense of the change of not just moving it out from the regular, but moving it one week. I guess what explanation, you know, again, I'm just using Ben Kennedy's media availability here to, to try to rationale with the thinking of this is that, well, Labor Day weekend at Darlington means a lot. Who gets a f- about that? I don't get it. Like they're they're putting emphasis on like that people really care about. I well, I'm going to Darlington because it's Labor Day weekend. No, you're going to Darlington because you live in the area and you like NASCAR racing. Right. Yeah, I'll say as a, like a new fan, However, I, don't, I don't care that Labor Day and Darlington go to like it doesn't bother me as a new fan. I don't give anything I, about it. However, can I say this? Yeah. Are you going to be devil's advocate? Because I need it. Because I yeah. don't people keep... <laughs> people with normal jobs have off on that following Monday, right? Okay. And this okay. race is at six o'clock and ends at midnight. Okay, I I see your point. I see your point. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think about it. Is now. That my, my kids get to go to that race, and I am wondering, and I usually stay the night after the race because it's so late. And I guess you're right. They don't have school the next day. And this weekly schedule is kind of f***ed up because of the Olympics. So, so, stupid question. Why not just run it Saturday night then? Why does it have to be Sunday? Yeah, no, no. It doesn't fall on the same date every year. It's just Labor Day weekend. Yeah, you could. Okay. So mess up the Xfinity scheduling? I don't know. It's just, I scratch my head and I bang my head against the wall sometimes because I think that NASCAR makes decisions to, you know, make a very small crowd that maybe it seems loud on social media or something. I, I don't even know. That ain't this. That ain't this problem. But they just sit here and it's like, yeah, we're going to make changes because our fans want blank. Like, what fans are you hearing or seeing? I don't... Let me throw out another one. Saturday night uh, for NBC would be college football that weekend where the NFL probably hasn't started yet, so they want that Sunday night. Okay. Well, it has become abundantly clear to me then we have too many f***ing races. Uh, to wrap up uh, this Richmond conversation, we might not have had too much moving on the track but we did have some movement in the standings uh bubba um, on the playoff cut line now plus 54 after yesterday michael mcdowell plus 18 he's in 16th ty gibbs in 17th minus 18 followed by aj allmendinger minus 22 suarez minus 34 and chase elliott now minus 40. okay let me update this my suarez pick to make the final the the playoffs that's dead it's a dead bet. <clears throat> he, I, I just that they're heading in the wrong direction. I haven't really seen the speed out of the track house cars that we saw earlier in the year. But breaking news: Chase Elliott is going to make it, and he's going to make it on points. Stop shaking your head. He's going to make it on points. You want to know how I know? Yes, please. Okay, enlighten us. Someone tell me where Bubba Wallace was four weeks ago. How many races we got left? He was around the cut line. You're you're not listening to me. Four. How many races are left? Four. Four. Okay. Show me the points from four weeks ago. Bubba Wallace was like zero to the cut line. Now he's plus fifty four. And where has his finishes been? Low teens during that four week stretch. Now he's gotten some stage points, but the low teens. Low teens as in around the top. So he went from about the cut line zero. Let's just call it zero. I think he was plus minus three, whatever. To now plus 54. Chase Elliott is minus 40, minus 40 with four races to go. You're telling me he can't make up 40 points in four races? He's racing that guy that you're talking about who's had a couple good weeks. He's racing that guy and Michael McDowell for that cut line, though. He's not racing... Two of them are in. Not one. I understand, but Chase has to... It, the 17, 18, and 19 guy does not really matter for Chase. He's racing the cut line, right? So he's racing McDowell, McDowell. and Bubba. So you're saying that Chase Elliott can't make up 40 points on McDowell in the next four races? I'm not saying he can't, but McDowell's strong, three strongest tracks, or you know, a road, two road courses and a super speedway, are coming up in this final Breaking four races. news, Chase Elliott's good on f***ing road courses. What are you talking about? He's going Making to point 40- them. And he's going to get in on points. You want to give it to me? This is 
Yeah, I was gonna say this is the Jared Allen. I told you so. I know. Episode. No, I, I I'm saying I. Okay. It's he, the I told you so, but it ain't I. It sucks it's for you. It sucks for you. You were always right for like ten days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're always right till you're wrong. Uh, we have a special guest, the winner of the Verizon 200 at Indy, Michael McDowell. Uh, welcome, Michael. Uh, I love this because now. Uh, you can defend yourself in person and defend it with this nice, beautiful trophy here in front of us. Uh, man, how's that feel? Oh, it's it's a it's amazing. You know, um, I'm not so worried about the defending myself, but to um, you know to have a car that good. Yep. You know, I don't think in my career in the Cup Series I've ever had a car that good, and so to to go out there and do it and execute it and get it done is is amazing. So it was a you know it's a, a day that we'll remember forever. Um, it's, yeah, it's just what you dream of winning the Daytona 500, you know, just a few years ago. Now here you are with the Indy brick. I, I wouldn't know. I've never won this race at Indy. It's the one that chaps me the most in my career actually. So I'm very jealous of that, but it's, uh, you know, when we talked about for the last few weeks, what, you know, who's going to get in, you know, I, I come in, you see this sheet of paper, Travis writes down and it's got the bubble and here, here's who's in contention and whatnot. That's where we saw on social media the debate between me and Jared on who's going to get it. Oh, I know you just can't wait. <laughs> I know you can't wait. So, <laughs> so let's let's just say I am a numbers person. Yes, I, you I are. love I love percentages, knowing my odds at all times, and so I like to put myself in the most favorable odds situation, which is why I said, "What Chase Elliott can't make up points." You guys have got to be kidding me, yeah, right? The, the I, only reason I respond, because you see, I'm, I li- I I'm not very it. active on social media. The only reason I respond is because I know you're a numbers guy, right? <laughs> and we've talked about this before, like with Daytona, is if you're not a student of the sport and you're not paying attention, you're not going to win at this level. Like, you got to do the work, right? So yep. I'm a numbers guy, too, and statistic guy, and I'm like, hey... Maybe he just doesn't know the numbers. Like we're crushing it I in was the not next gen era sure. of road courses. So, you know, I knew Chase Elliott is the best road course racer there is in our sport. You can't deny that. He's mm-hmm. got like seven wins in the last five years, right? So statistically, he is the best, and I know that. Um, he could win any given weekend. He could have won this weekend. I know that too. Could win next. He could win the next one. And and so it was not that. It was like, if he wins, I'm still going to run fifth. He's not going to get right. 40 points on me. <laughs> he might get 15. He might get 20. But there's no way he's going to get but 40. But what I was including was Michigan. Yeah. Now, Talladega, I'm going to give you the nod on that one. I mean, I mean Daytona. You, you're, in my mind, you're, you're a top five uh, super speedway racer. You're just... You're really good. Do you have a bulletin board in the shop that you had Denny's tweets? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I'm not super active on social media. Um, I just like engaging in this one particularly. And I'll be honest with you. Like, there's certain things that get me fired up. You don't see it a lot. You don't hear it a lot. But uh, two things that fired me up over the last month, month and a half is SVG kicking our butts at Chicago. That that frustrated me, man. That should never happen. And that made me mad enough to go to work. Like, I'm going to figure it out. Like, I got to be better. This is unacceptable. Not taking away what he did. What he did was nothing short of miraculous. I mean, unbelievable. But it shouldn't happen. And so that fired me up. Um, And then this was just a little extra fuel to the fire, right? Like, 
man, you're not paying attention. I'm going to wax them is what I felt like saying, right? But that's just not me personally, but that's what I feel inside. Um, yeah, so it's, I'm just glad that it all worked out, man, because you can, you can want it all you want, but if you don't have the stuff to do it, if you don't have the car to do it, if you don't have the pit stops to do it, it's just talk, right? And so I think speed-wise, we felt good that we were going to be in contention, but execution-wise is something that we've had to get better at. Yeah. And, and myself included, man, so many times I've given up good finishes, speeding on pit road, speeding getting to pit road, um, or whatever, you know, over the wall too soon, just dumb stuff, uh, pit lane violation, like all those things, you just can't have it in these races and recover from it. And so it was, uh, it was fun to execute. We have a, a guest, surprise appearance. This what are you doing here? Detrimental. I got an action that's detrimental, okay? <laughs> Joe, Joe Gibbs just walked in. Hi, Joe. <laughs> What's happening? I think I'm gonna uh, take a seat, I, I think guess. I'm, I'm gonna slide over here, coach. You're gonna take this spot. What do you got for me? Pit stops. I was in this morning. Well, oddly that's enough, perfect. Joe's just handing me some pit stop data. Um, You'll see that the 11 was really, really yeah. Consistent. I was I was happy. Yeah. Honestly, I I thought my team did great all day long. You they know, did, yeah. I, afterwards I mentioned that you know this is just a game of millimeters. You know, yep. thousandths of an inch, and if things don't just go on perfectly, these guys have muscle memory that I hit the lug for a certain amount of time, and and if if there's just a little hitch or whatever, it's it's not tight. But it's yeah, I was. Our pit crew, I thought, did a phenomenal job all all race long. Yeah. They 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 were on it, no doubt about it. Um, this is actually the very first loose wheel that I've had in next gen. So, yeah. surely you didn't just pop in the door here to talk about a, a bad pit stop. No, I kind of <laughs> want to talk about the future. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it seems like uh, we've been pretty good for each other for yeah. a long period of time. Now I go all the way back. I think it's one of the great sports stories. And I always tell a little story when I'm talking about Denny. Uh, I walked out of a restaurant in Manassas, Virginia, roughly 20 years ago. And there's a kid standing there. Looked like he's about 11 or 12. And he goes, hey, coach, can you sign this autograph? So he said, coach, I figured he's a football fan. And I took his hat, signed it, and his dad took a picture. And we still got the picture. And I handed it back to him. And when I turned to leave, he goes, I'm going to drive for you someday. He goes, just like that. You know, kids say that to you because you got a race team and everything. He said, I pat him on the head. I turn around and leave. And it was Denny Hamlin. And I always, when I tell that story and Denny's around, I always tell him, you didn't tell me I was going to have to pay you a million dollars to drive for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's my story. I tell that all the time in, uh, in our hospitalities, but people get a kick out of it. But it's true, and it's kind of interesting how that all took place. J.D. goes up wanting to buy some late model stuff, finds you, puts you in a test, puts you in a truck, puts you in a Xfinity, and says, let's sign Denny. And gosh, uh, it's been great for us. And really you've you've helped us build our race team yeah well i appreciate it it's uh well you've been right more times 
than not. Every time you, you give advice, you usually give sound advice. When I started this race team a long time ago, you know, a few years ago, you're like, are you sure? Because the drivers sure get the best end of this deal. And and I've quickly realized, yes, the drivers definitely get the best end of this deal. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great relationship. Uh, I see a contract here in front of me. Um, I'm going to sign that contract that will keep me in that 11 Camry for years to come. So thank you for everything that you do uh, for me. Obviously, it was belief that you had in myself and JD and the belief that he had in myself uh, to, to keep this going. So uh, certainly the relationship between us has been really, really strong. Uh, you guys kind of took over when my dad, uh, you know, there's a great poster out there in my garage and it's me and JD sitting on a wall for my very first Daytona 500. My dad's in the foreground. And that was kind of the passing of the torch, right? And and JD's like, you know, I got them from here. So uh, my, my parents really were a big part of making huge sacrifices for me to get to this point. But then now it's on Joe Gibbs Racing and, and they kind of took over as, as my on-track family. The post-race reaction from the fans, would you, uh, your video uh, seemed to go pretty viral this uh, past 24 hours. Yeah. What'd you make of Yeah, that? Jared did a good job with that edit for hey. sure. <laughs> he did he did great um you know this just goes right into my wheelhouse i i don't think people knew that i love banter i love talking shit. i do and now i'm just running well enough where i can back it up <laughs> like so i you know this i'm feeding off of it it's great because i get to capitalize on that yeah i i'm feeding off of it because i i'm proving so many people wrong and it's like all i want to do at this point is uh you know if you root against me i just want to make these next seven weeks a living hell for you i do i just i just i i, I want to live in the misery that of you watching us run well like right now am i feeding into it the villain stuff absolutely a hundred percent um because I, I've got some confidence. Uh, our team is running well. And, you know, it just seems like now, you know, Jared has done some work on social media that's f fed these people and the booze and like you just keep the they're getting louder and they're getting more. But we're also getting more cheers than yeah. ever. So it's like it's been a fun case study because these, these <laughs> yeah. pictures of you doing a burnout or anything on the front stretch and then. The fans behind, right? It's cool to see their reaction. And the last two weeks, the Darlington Xfinity win and then the Pocono win, middle fingers galore, right? But there's not that at Bristol. There's more like, woohoo, Denny mm -hmm. won, or I acknowledge that Denny won and just kicked everyone's ass. Well, what I've noticed on social media is that many people that I see in the comments are like, I just boo because the person next to me is doing it. So that's I what just... my theory is. There, you don't have any more haters. The haters are just more loud but you are bringing in more fans of you if yeah. that makes sense i just think you're taking uh, yeah. that neutral crowd that really didn't care and you're either pulling more of those in this way or you're pushing more of them that way and does it matter which way you're pushing yeah. or pulling them it's good i i this is from the bottom of my heart truth is that i'm not trying to get more fans but i i love the back and forth i mean you've been around me anybody that plays in my basketball league or golf league I love talking to people. I 
you know, I just do. It's fun for me. And it's, to me, there's a, a mental aspect of it that I'm just self-motivating myself through doing it. And it's, and it continues to just make me better. Right. And so, um, I don't know. I'm just in a good spot right now. And, uh, it's it's been fun. This yeah. whole thing's been fun, and certainly this kind of all started um, around kind of the, the Pocono thing with Larson. But it's just it's taken on a a mind of its own at this point, and uh, you know we're just having fun with it. Hopefully, we can just keep it going, right? Because obviously, uh, you know, the first thing uh, someone that you know isn't rooting for you to do, they're just waiting for one week to like for you to not do well. So like, ah, see, I told you, I told you, you suck. And, you know, but, you know, you don't, where are you at? I don't see you this week. Like, they've got that can't tweet. have it both ways. They've got so. that tweet saved in their drafts already. <laughs> know, ready to press right? But, hey, I, I, I deserve it because I'm not afraid to tell them <laughs> off too, right? Yeah. Like, so it's, Travis, I'm, it's fun. I'm rooting for a championship so hard. Just the, like, the social ideas that are out there. <laughs> of what can be done would be so much fun. Jared, there's so much work to be done. I, I, it's, you know, not for me. I know. I'm just, I'm just long for the ride. That, you know, that's what actually adds more pressure because <laughs> as well as we're running, like, uh, well, hey, you know, I, I can't jump towards Phoenix and start thinking about how I'm going to win this championship at Phoenix. Like, I got yeah. six weeks of work left. Like, there's a lot of this process that is still yet to be done. And, but again, I've said many times this year in the, in the, press in the media before this playoff this year just feels different i am denny hamlin driver number 11 for joe gibbs racing and my co-host is jared allen um purple vest 560 however i anticipate that changing for next year really yeah we got to send them back and i assume i'll probably get a new number i feel bad for whoever has to wear 560 that's a hell of a burden to carry well we have to change that <laughs> we have to put in a call that you have to get the same number all right, well, you're going to have to put in a call then. Hmm. wonder who we got to call there. Okay, well, if you're listening, uh, Jared's going to need his number back, 560. That's his identity. It's like your face. We need the fans to tweet at NASCAR. and like, we, we need the fans to take this lead for us. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, they do. They yell at, it out. At NASCAR. Hey, 560. They do it all the time. Yeah, that's why I said if, if somebody else had that number next year, that would be a heck of a... A burden to carry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for everyone who listened this year. Please rate, review, and follow, and even tell a friend. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.